0: Hello, and welcome to the Career Changers podcast. I'm Elisa Martinic and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of the Career Changers. I'm definitely one of them. I learned from my experience that following our dreams requires courage, self-awareness and a lot of inner work. I love to discover stories of career change and share them with the world as a source of inspiration for all those who are still searching. Career Changes are not the straightforward chronology written in our CVs, but the sum up of our dreams, ambitions, failures and successes. The Career Changers is an online community that aims to inspire thousands of people during their journey to self-realization. We discover and share inspirational real-life stories of career change, we inspire people that are thinking to change career, We support people that want or need to change career but feel stuck or lacking confidence and clarity. We connect and collaborate with organizations that support career change across different industries. I believe that thinking to have only one job or career in our life is a limiting belief unless the job or that career make us happy. Life is a journey and with one third of our lives spent working it would be unimaginable to not have a desire to explore new avenues. Welcome to the Career Changers podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Career Changers. Our guest today is Lauren Chiren, founder and CEO of Women of a Certain Stage. But before than that, she was a senior executive in financial services when she noticed that her recall and retention wasn't as sharp as it used to be. After a period of time to avoid being seen as weak or vulnerable and with her self-confidence on the floor, she left her job. Lauren believed to have early onset dementia. It was only later, after three trips to her doctor, that she discovered to have been through menopause. Today, she's here to share her personal journey to menopause at work and how women can thrive in their career and overcome the challenges of this phase of their life. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to see you. Thank you for having me. So let's start with your background. How did you start your professional life
1: or better, what was your first job? My first job was actually working with my dad um, about the age of four and we used to he used to give me the staff wages to do on a Sunday at lunchtime we would sit down and we would have little brown envelopes and little bits of paper we would write down how much they'd earned and then I'd count the coins and put the coins into the, the wage slip. so I started working from quite a young age. And what was your dream job when you were a child? I think I never really had a dream job per se, but I think I always wanted to help people. And things like being a nurse or being a vet were always types of things that I used to think about as a little girl. You like to take care of uh, yeah
0: someone or or pets. Um, what is your educational background? What did
1: you study? Um, I study all the time. So I've been studying since I was 16. I went to university and I went to university to do double maths and computing. And I actually ended up doing a psychology degree. Um, so complete, complete change. But every year I try and challenge myself with a new qualification or something, something different. So I've got many qualifications in anatomy, physiology, nutrition, personal training, mental health, menopause, menstruation and um, coaching Um Oh, crikey mentoring this year I'm studying to be a yoga teacher so every year I try and do something something new so. well that's
0: amazing it's interesting and reflects uh, how our lives evolve uh, our interests can change and the importance to keep up uh, with, with what we feel is the right path for us yeah so um how did you progress your career but how did you start uh, your, your proper career and then how did it evolve during the years after uh, your studies?
1: Yeah, I don't think I really had a proper career. I, I've changed my career about four times um, as an adult. Um, so I worked in, when I fe- when I finished university, I wanted to do clinical psychology, but I was only 19 and you had to be 21 to be able to go onto the master's course. So I started working, um, I did a postgraduate in hotel management and enjoyed working in the hotels and worked as food and beverage manager in London and Got my choice of hotels to work in down there and had an absolute ball. I then ended up working briefly in insurance as a PA or an EA, executive assistant. And then I find myself falling into more and more kind of support roles and organizational operational type roles for about 10 years, working with different organizations across the world. I left that, retrained as a personal trainer, sports therapist and, um, uh, and nutritional advisor, and then set up my own practice as a health and well-being Practice, worked with athletes, um, worked with stars, uh, all sorts of different people, you know, like Dustin Hoffman, Anastasia, worked with the Rugby Football Union, and travelled all over the world with my clients. Had an absolute ball, fell out of that and went into financial services. And um, I started doing project and program management, became quite senior quite quickly and did that for nearly 10 years. And when I left that, i started Women of a Certain Stage, which is what I'm doing now to support organizations to become menstruation, to menopause savvy and supportive. So quite a squiggly squiggly career.
0: Well, an an incredible career, very inspiring for our listeners. Um, So you've been successful, but at some point you started to feel that something was different. You, You didn't feel the same as before. And this happened at work
1: what symptoms did you have? Um, At the time it was really just that sense of not being on the ball and it was interesting because I had a 360 degree um, experience where the feedback was amazing I had a really good bonus I had really good feedback I had won two awards for top team and top leader And I had all this evidence to tell me that everything was going really well. But inside my self-confidence, my self-esteem was absolutely shattered. And I started really second guessing my ability to make decisions. And that left me feeling as if I couldn't quite capture all the facts. And I wasn't able to, you know, consolidate information and make decisions as quickly. So I felt as if that, you know, I just I just wasn't that on it. I, I wasn't on my A game and I didn't want to be seen as weak or vulnerable. And that was why I took the decision to to leave my job, thinking of early onset dementia. So when you started to
0: have these symptoms, uh, I'm not sure, how many years ago approximately was this? Um, So now it's probably about 12, 14 years ago. Mm, So I'm asking because I know now there is... uh... Uh, quite a lot of talking about menopause uh, and perimenopause. It started recently, at least here in this country, I think to become a big topic. But I guess at the time, maybe there was not so much talking about that. So did you speak with anyone to try to understand what was happening? And did you ever ever thought, or maybe is menopause?
1: No. No, not even remotely.
0: So you feel that there was a total lack of awareness even from 100%
1: percent. I mean if you think about the fact that I've got a very very deep understanding and knowledge and experience of working with psychology mental health anatomy physiology nutrition personal training I've got this massive wealth of knowledge about how the body works how we operate at a high level you from a human performance point of view I felt as if that was an area that I was really really well read on and very experienced and knowledgeable about And I had no clue. I had absolutely no clue. But the reality was that when I had my son at 37, I went straight into menopause afterwards. And I had no idea because I'd fed him for a year and then I was on contraception. That meant I didn't have a monthly bleed. So I didn't know that my periods had stopped. So there was nothing for me in my late 30s, early 40s to indicate that I was going through this thing that I thought was this older woman's experience. And, you know, I thought it was something like old women in their 50s and 60s went through. I had no... No clue that you could go through menopause in your thirties or forties, um. So it was a real lack of knowledge on my part, and definitely, we still live in a world that is very um, patriarchal. And a lot of the, a lot of, especially in an office environment, a lot of buildings, a lot of structures are set up, um, to to suit men and not to suit women, and it's not that's not criticism. That's just a fact. So we've still got a long way to evolve the workplace to make it really fit for purpose. So when I did find out that it was just menopause, I was really passionate to start to talk to employers and help them to understand that, you know, we're rich in skills, knowledge, and experience. We've got so much to offer. And we're only halfway through our adult life when we get to menopause that actually, if we just make some small changes and adjustments, we can really turn things around. Mm -hmm.
0: So at the time when you decided to leave your job, uh, um, you felt overwhelmed. Looking back, do you think that was the right
1: decision at the time? Yeah, I think I don't, I don't have any regrets. I believe that we make decisions with the knowledge we've got and the evidence we've got available at the time. And at that time, I knew that I needed to step back to look after myself. I needed to be available as a a mum to a young baby. And that was really, that was my number one priority. So yeah, that's absolutely the right thing to do at that moment in time. So
0: after that, uh, you were finally diagnosed with menopause. What was your reaction
1: to that? (laughs) <laughs> i literally punched the ear with joy i was the happiest <laughs> man I was a woman in, in bristol
0: you found finally a reason to justify all the way all the, the different feelings <laughs> you had <laughs> yeah. yeah so i guess that was a was a relief and um after that uh what led you to become a menopause coach and to create a women of a certain stage
1: so really um i i Literally when my doctor told me that it was menopause and not dementia, I remember thinking, oh, I, well, I didn't just think I said to him, I said, We need to stop, we need to talk to employers, we need to get them to understand that they can't just let women walk out the door because they're going through this thing. You know, we we've donated a lot of our lives to our work and to the companies we work for and we need to change this. I remember him looking at me and going, look, you you really need to just kind of chill out and look after yourself. And I was like, No. No, so I spoke to a few people, and I got in touch with a local charity, and we um, they provided a premises, and they did some advertising, offered hot drinks, and we advertised every Sunday, the first Sunday of every month, for people to come who were experiencing perimenopause and menopause to just come and talk, because I wanted to, I wanted, I'd felt very isolated and alone going through menopause, and I wanted people to come together and talk and share. And then one of the people that was there worked for um, Airbus and she said to me, look, why don't you come and have a conversation with us? And someone else, one of my other friends who had worked with previously at Lloyd's, I said, come and come and talk to us. So all of a sudden I had these two companies that genuinely wanted to find out about menopause in the workplace. And over the next few months, I started Um, working with them, sharing my story, talking to them, doing training with them. And then before I knew it, um, we started doing workplace training, creating toolkits for their managers, making sure that they had all the the materials they needed to help people start to feel confident and competent talking about menopause at work. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about menopause
0: at work. Uh, uh, How can workplaces support women during the menopause? You mentioned before that we seem li- we live uh, in in a patriarchal world. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, it's surprising to realize that um, there are so many things that women don't know about menopause and perimenopause and that only now is becoming a big topic.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think you know. First of all, we need if we knowledge is power. And if if nobody knows what menopause is, and I certainly didn't know, I thought it was your period stopping and hot flushes. I had no clue what it really was. So I think that the first thing is to help organizations look at their culture, look at how do their people learn best and then use that knowledge and then create different ways of sharing information about menopause and, and helping people understand what it is. And that can be done in lots of different ways. Then we want to make sure that people have got the right language and the right tools to be able to talk to one another about it confidentially. We're not asking anyone to put their hand up and say, hey, I'm menopausal. Um, we just want people to go, mm, I think I need to have a conversation with someone. I might need some support. So that we've got many, we train um, menopause champions. So we want to have individuals in the workplace, a bit like mental health first aiders. We want to have a go-to person in the organization where someone can have a safe, confidential conversation. We want managers to be able to have the conversations using the right language, understanding how to have a sensitive, confidential conversation. We want the organisation to look at everything from, you know, um, job design, person specification, all the way through recruitment and onboarding, all the way through to exit. Every single aspect of that colleague journey, we need to look and see, is it menopause friendly? You know, at what point do we need to do risk assessments? Where do we need to change the language or the policies or the guidance documents? How do we adapt and train the people as they come through the business so it just becomes normal it just becomes what we do and then it's no longer a stigma and we can just get rid of all the myths that people have about menopause
0: so do we may need to find a new balance between work and private life during the menopause
1: i don't think that um i don't think menopause are you know there's any one thing that we need to um do for any one individual every single person's journey through menopause is absolutely unique and when you're armed with the right information when you understand the kind of changes that you can make to your lifestyle the support you're asking for and receiving from the people in your life support that you can get from your doctor and your medical team and when you when you can do that ahead of time menopause is predictable we know it's going to happen So we can plan for it and we can be prepared for it and we can go, as our hormone levels are declining, we can, you know, prepare ourselves and have ready the the tools that we need to be able to um, support ourselves during that so we can stay in our A game. The challenge is that although menopause is now being talked about a lot more and it's in the media a lot more, the reality is it's all stories of how bad someone's menopause has been and I know that because people love to use my story and that's fine for raising awareness but there comes a point where we've actually got to turn around and say actually you don't have to struggle through menopause if you've got the right knowledge the right support and you know what to do yes there might be times where you might have to make some small adjustments to how you work you might need time out if you're having severe symptoms but it's not like you know, it, it's not like it's it's unknown and we don't know what's going to happen. It's very known and we do know what's going to happen. The challenge is we need to get that knowledge to everybody and we need to get it to them early in their twenties and their thirties so that people are prepared. You know, it, it, it's not an illness per se, it's a natural life stage. Like, you know, we go through puberty, we don't send, we don't take our kids out of school because they're going through puberty. We don't rush them off the doctor because they're going through puberty. We know that that's going to happen and we work with it. It's not always easy. And menopause is the same. But we need to we need to really get a deep understanding of what menopause is all about. And we need to understand that, you know, with the knowledge, with hydration, nutrition, movement, self-care, asking and receiving help and support, going to our doctors, putting all of this together and making sure we're indulging in self-care. Um, self-care is not selfless, it's it's a necessity. So when we put all of these things together, we can thrive through menopause. And, and that's my overriding message, is that we need to get that knowledge out there. Um, and I'm really passionate about changing the narrative of menopause and, and shining the light on just how incredible we are and how much we've actually achieved while going through all our monthly cycles and fertility issues and babies or not babies. And then we get to menopause. And then when we get through menopause, we don't have to worry about any of that anymore. And we've got all these skills, knowledge and experience. So I just want people to start to see that it can be a celebration, but it has to be. We have to educate people on it better. Mm.
0: Yeah, stick with me. What you said is something, uh, it feels very scary to hear all this conversation, especially for women that are a little bit before that, and sort of say, oh, what is the next stage of my life? And, and so I think that you're right, it's important also to offer reassurance and 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 maybe there are some positive ways to go through that. And, and I think it's really important um, for women to be aware of that too. And while you were talking, I was also thinking, what do you think is a way that men can support women during the menopause, whether that is at work uh, um, or at home? I think, um, I don't know, to me, it just, make me think that sometimes I work when you know men usually can feel quite embarrassed about everything uh, that is related to women <laughs> nature yeah. whether that's menopause or yes other yeah
1: things. I think I think the reality is most men that I come across are desperate for the knowledge about menopause they want to know what's going on with their partner they want to know what's going on with their colleague they want to know what to do most I mean it's a very much a stereotype but if you know if you if you go masculine feminine ends of the spectrum the more masculine end of the spectrum you are the more you want to fix things and step in and just make things right and actually that's the last thing we want we don't want to be fixed when we're going through menopause but we want support we want to be listened to we want people to step in and help so i think for men i run a free menopause the basics course and it's half an hour a day for three days every two months and that's a really good place for men to come and just learn about what is menopause, how can you support people through it, what does menopause at work mean, and what what do you need to do to be able to accommodate your colleagues that might be going through menopause. And at any point, you know, in the workplace, we always say that we're not here to diagnose or tell anyone they're menopausal, but listen. Just be open to listening and make sure that when you're having a conversation with someone, you're coming at that conversation from a place of curiosity and not judgment. Because you never know what's truly going on in someone's life, and it might not be menopause. It could be something completely different. So the same at home, You know, maybe go out for a walk with your partner, go out for a drive, go somewhere where there's no distractions and just let them know that you've noticed there's some changes, you wonder is there anything you can do to support them. Because as the person going through menopause, everyone around you is going to be impacted. You know, everyone you live with, work with, socialise with, is going to have, it's going to be a knock-on impact. So everyone's impacted by menopause in one way or another. So it is It is difficult when you're going through it and you don't know what it is to be able to have that conversation. So I think the the onus is on everybody to, to help people talk. And, you know, talking is really powerful. Connection, human connection is really powerful. At a time in the world where we are losing connection right, left and centre. You know, people people are tapping into screens to get information. They're connecting with each other via screen. That real bonding and human connection that we really need um, is really vital when we're going through menopause. So talking and asking questions, open questions, curious questions without judgment is really important.
0: So each of us with our choices can have a positive impact in the world. How do you feel you're making the world a better place through your work?
1: I don't know. Um, I just hope that if each time I do a podcast or a talk or a training session um, or I coach somebody that um, hopefully they walk away feeling better or learning something that enables them to go and help themselves. And that's me, you know, that's what I wish I'd had when I went through my experience. I just wish there'd been someone there that could listen and support. And so therefore I want to try and do that for as many people as I possibly can.
0: So, what advice would you give to someone, to women, suddenly feeling uh, different at work, like you did a while ago?
1: Um, you've got to talk to somebody, and you've got to, you know, you. Everybody knows their body best. If if you think it might be perimenopause or menopause, if you're in your late thirties, early forties, or 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 a bit later than that, and you start feeling slightly out of sorts, but otherwise you're feeling really wow and okay then I would say, you know, maybe come on the free Menopause the Basics course, um, look, up, look up my website, there's a load of information there and, and downloads. So find a really reliable source to learn about menopause in your own time, to feel your way around what the potential symptoms are. I would keep a diary, I would keep a journal or download an app, so there's plenty of apps out there, um, but just write down every day, write down what you think your symptoms are. What is it that you're feeling that's different from normal? Are your joints aching? Are you not sleeping well? Um, are you feeling more bloated than normal? You know, Are you getting dry and itchy skin or tingles in your ears? Are you getting dry eyes? You know, um, Are you having hairs pop out in places where they didn't normally appear? <laughs> All sorts of wonderful things. But just write your symptoms down and then keep a note. Are they affecting me a lot or affecting me a little? And then build up that diary over you know two three four weeks and that started to give you an indication of what you're experiencing because when you go to speak to your partner or your workplace or and your doctor then you've got something that you can say this is the normal me and this is what i've been experiencing recently and it makes it a lot easier for people to then have a conversation and go well you know how how can we move forward you know what are the options so i would definitely say keep. Keep a diary, um, keep a journal, and speak to people. Do not think that you're going through this on your own. You know, there's 1.3 billion people in the world are going to be menopausal by 2030, so you're not alone. And There's a lot of us out there struggling on our own, trying to do this on our own, and we really are so much stronger when we try and do this together.
0: Well, before uh, we reach the end of this episode with a question that we asked all of our guests, uh, how can anyone find your resources or reach out to you if they would like to?
1: Yeah, I mean the easiest way, the two the two ways are the website, obviously womenofacertainstage.com. Um, or I am really prolific on LinkedIn. So if you want to hear what I'm up to, what I'm doing work-wise or personally, um, LinkedIn is the best place just under my own name, Lauren Churin. I'm on Instagram at the menopause coach. Yeah, at the menopause coach on Instagram. I'm not as I'm not as great on Instagram. I'm still trying to get my head around it, but LinkedIn and the website are probably the best places.
0: Great. So now the last question, if you could give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? Um,
1: I'm quite a ballsy individual, so I tend to just always do what I want to do anyway, but I think, I think I would tell my younger self, just believe in yourself a lot more and just go and do what you want to do, because... That's what makes you happy at the end of the day, and as long as you're kind to other people, I think you know, just follow your dreams.
0: Yes. And what menopause advice would you give to your younger self?
1: Menopause advice. Yes. Yeah, uh, community, community, have community. Um, it doesn't matter if you're the type of person that's everyone else's rock, and you don't have other people supporting you. Sorry, I have a cat who's decided to, oh. um, <laughs> she's just knocked over everything, and um, so um i would i would just say community get talking to people don't don't think that you're alone you're really not and you are no matter how superhuman you are and no matter how much of a superwoman you might appear to everyone else you're still human being and you deserve the love and care and support and you're amazing so i would definitely say that to every single menopausal woman that i meet
0: Well, thank you, Lauren, for joining us today and sharing your inspirational story and wisdom with our listeners. Thank you. And a last message for our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to our channel and leave a review of the Career Changes podcast. Thank
1: you.